G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 143 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Now, whether you're a guy or a girl, have you experienced divorce? Have you had a relationship end, um, separated. Um, uh, I reckon most of us have. <laughs> uh, some of us have been through divorce, which can be you know, really challenging and so forth uh, with all the, the back end stuff that goes with that and can be really, really tricky on our mental health. We go into spirals of depression, self-doubt, fear, anger, guilt, all that type of stuff, you know, and a lot of that stays bottled up inside us and it's not a great thing when we sort of store negativity in our body how that manifests to disease and so forth as well and um you know the best way to go about change and and, uh, and moving forward is clearing it now today's guest um is a gentleman by the name of tamir berkman now tamir he basically uh went through a, a pretty uh tricky divorce years ago blamed himself all that sort of stuff until he sort of got some help and moved through that and um Ever since he's, uh, he's been on a journey to be able to start up his own um, uh, support business, which he has done called The Divorce Cowboy, um, to be able to help guide you know, guys primarily through uh, the divorce process or separation process and being able to do that uh, with ease rather than sort of uh, being you know, uh, angry, which a lot of us uh, get into that mindset of, uh, of, of really blaming ourselves or blaming someone else, but you know, just being able to use it as a tool and a time for growth uh, to be able to, to actually say thank you for the experience and move on from that. I think that's really important. So what he's doing is really well needed and, uh, and much needed because you know, I think it's uh, over 50% of marriages now end in divorce. So he's got his work cut out and hopefully that'll... Uh, They'll uh, come back that statistic, that's for sure. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat, and I really want you to uh, to share this with other people that may have uh, experienced divorce, separation, um, and uh, and explore um, this uh, this gentleman yourself with regards to what he can possibly do to help you out. So um, yeah, really uh, really hope you enjoy our chat. Just want to make special mention to our uh, primary partner, Green Nutritionals, who provide green organic superfoods. So if you're lacking something in your diet or you feel like you could do with a bit of a boost. Um, their products are purely organic, sourced from the best places all around the world, best packaging uh, on the planet, on the market. Um, they do it very, very well. So I uh, really encourage you to check out their website, greennutritionals.com.au. Most of their products are available around Australian health food shops, but if you are unable to get uh, to those, then uh, grab them online and uh, get them sent out to you because it's good stuff and it can be a great support to your physical and mental well-being. So uh, please support them if you can. Alrighty, hope you enjoy this chat. Uh, please send me some feedback if you can to support at outbackmind.com.au. G'day to me. How are you, mate? Hi, Aaron. Good, good. How are you? Hi, very well. Very grateful to have you on, mate. And Oh, geez, look, uh, how, many, how many of us guys in general have had separation, divorce? My God, it'd be just about every one of us, you know? And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that, um, that uh, what you're doing now has actually become a thing. But geez, mate, um, it's, it's such a, we'll, we'll dive deep into it, but there's such a, a, a you know, a, 
uh, I suppose, are learning to be done with regards to relationships and what, what it actually is to be successful in relationships. And we, uh, we don't get taught that at school. So no wonder we ended up in, in separation and divorce at the end of the day, mate. But can you tell us a bit about your own journey? Obviously, you were brought up overseas and how sort of a life's evolved and how you ended up over here. And obviously, you know, weaving into what you're doing now, um, you know, obviously through your own lived experience, I guess. Yeah, sure. So um, I was <clears throat> born in Israel. My dad was born in Melbourne. So I get that uh, my whole life I was kind of like connected to, to Melbourne and to Australia. Mm. And um, at <clears throat> some point, like after, after the army in Israel, which is compulsory um, for three years, I got around to, to come to Australia and meet a bit of family in Melbourne. And I always knew I'm going to come back to live here at some point. And that point was when I was 28, I just decided, look, I had enough of, of what I was doing in Israel. I was back in advertising back then. And, um, yeah, moved to Melbourne to live. And now 20 years later, I'm still here loving it. Mm. And I guess that, um, yeah, life was great until um, separation happened. <laughs> Mate, uh, tell me, so, 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 did you bring a partner over from Israel with you, or did you meet someone here, or how did it all unfold for you? I actually met an Israeli girl here and uh, met her through my family, through my cousin, mm-hmm. who introduced us, and and that was great. And uh, moved in together, did all of that, um, decided to have a baby, and a beautiful little girl was born, and that was great. But after that, it seems that something um, changed. So after the birth, uh, my um, ex-partner suffered from a bit of depression, postnatal depression. Mm. Um, We didn't really seek any help. We didn't really call it that, but it was there. And a few months after that, she came to me and said, look, it's not working for me anymore. I'm not really feeling it. Mm. Mm. Unreal, mate. How were you? Were you were you the same, or were you uh, were you still quite in love at that at that point in time? Well, that that thing like just hit me like a wet fish. Like mm. I was totally stunned. Um, you know, we were planning on on buying a house or building a house. Actually, uh, we bought a block of land. So things for me were going along quite fine. I think looking back. I, I was even then, I was in denial, even before um, she told me about her intention. Mm. Um, I was kind of like in denial and, and missed a, a few signs. Mm. Mm. Um, but even then, even going uh, forward and looking what happened after the, the announcement or uh, when she told me, um, I, I spent two years in denial. Mm, mm, mm. Amazing, mate. So you... You pretty much struggled for that period of time and would have been ebb and flow from depression, anxiety and all that through that period, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, it was just a time where I was um, very happy to uh, put everything under the rug mm. and just not dealing with it. So I was thinking, oh, it will get better. I was thinking, oh, we can work on it. Then I was thinking, oh, we can live in a commune and yeah. kind of like have an open relationship. Mm. Um, what really helped was the fact that I was smoking weed at the time. I got back to the habit and that kind of like left me in that, you know, 
uh, mellow, lingering, everything is going to be okay sort of space. Mm. But the real thing is that I was avoiding my emotions. And what I was really feeling at the time was a, was a lot of shame mm. around it. Mm. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my friends. We didn't tell anyone about this decision. Mm. A lot of fear as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, mate, oh, I'm sure people listening could, could, could relate to that if they've been through it. But tell me, what was life like before, you, before all this? What were you doing for work? Did you have uh, outside uh, activities, influences and so forth in your life, uh, outside relationship? Uh, it's a really good question. Look, I had work. Um, when our daughter was born, um, we decided um, that um, we're going to be really hands-on and I was very happy to, um, to get part-time positions throughout so I can be more with, with my daughter. Mm. Um, I, I really think that I actually saw the relationship as the biggest thing in my life and my partner and her needs, I think, came first. Mm-hmm. So I was actually doing less and less with friends. I had less and less hobbies. I was doing less and less uh, investing time in, in myself mm-hmm. and also less and less time with my family. Mm-hmm. So even though they're overseas, I was talking to my family instead of maybe a weekly, then it was just monthly. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I had her, so I didn't, I didn't need all the other people in my life. Yeah, that's true. You, I was happy in that bubble. Yes, yeah. Mate, it's interesting you're saying that, and I've heard this before with other guys like that have gone through the same thing. They're, they've been really attached to the relationship and they haven't had a lot of other things in their life. And when that sort of, uh, you know, oh, the other person actually becomes suffocated, that's what I noticed, and, and that's when they sort of said, I need space or I need time or I want to I move on, you know. That's the last resort, but that's, that's what happens. But... Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, mate, because when, like, I, I talk about this a lot, like, you know, when, when we come through life and we get into a relationship, no one really gives us a roadmap on, on how to manage it or judge it or read the energy of someone else or any of that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, primarily, I think, um, we, we can become really, really deeply in love with someone and, and sometimes that, that can't or isn't mutual because uh, we do become too attached and we don't have things on the outside. And I've observed success, successful relationships over the years and I've sort of looked at ones that, you know, have gone through pretty much the life journey uninterrupted and, and they've always had, you know, lots of things outside the, the marriage. The marriage just complements their, li- their life and everything else and... Um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one, mate. It really is, you know, um, on how um, how it, uh, you know uh, how it evolves for each individual and, and how it works. And when when this obviously happened to you, you you're in denial. Obviously, did you hit the booze and all that sort of stuff like most guys do with regards to um, to dealing with it all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was kind of like the first thing that came into my mind. It wasn't just going going to see a GP or a psychologist or a counsellor or anything. It was, oh, let's hit the booze, let's hit the weed, mm. um, escape, escape, escape. Yeah, yep, yep. So I, I, then after, when I had my, started my awareness journey, 
I started to be, become aware of my actions and went, oh, okay, there's a difference between uh, an escape action and a coping action. Mm. And I realized that a lot of my actions were escape actions. Yes, yes. Oh, mate, as, as, as we're, we're unconscious of most of us, you know, like we, we always have these escape actions that we just gravitate towards, you know, whether we've got something something troubling us or not you know uh, usually there is something troubling us underneath that but we've learned to mask it for so long so so how 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 did this evolve for you so you reacted like that did you become sort of reliant addicted on on, on booze and smoking dope just to numb things out or um we were able to sort of move through that pretty quickly um look i i wasn't i guess i wasn't hitting um, a lot of booze and a lot of um, weed. I was kind of like uh, microdosing mm. throughout the day, and it got worse and worse. So it's like, oh, instead of um, at the beginning, it was like, oh, maybe have a little spliff in the in the evening, and then two years later, it was, oh, actually, I started drinking at at eleven a.m. Mm, shit, um, affect- slowly throughout the day. Did that affect you, like your work life, all that type of stuff, or was it uh, more, uh, like more manageable, or did you hide it pretty well? At the time, I was between jobs, so I was finishing a contract, mm. and I just finished a contract, so I was kind of like looking for work. Obviously, it didn't help. Mm. Um, it, it didn't help because not just because it's interrupted with my life; it's because it prevented me from actually going deeper and figuring shit out. Mm-hmm. That's right. What actually are my emotions? What am I feeling? How can I identify it and deal with it and sit with an emotion? How does it look like? All these kinds of things that I'm now talking about all the time, mm. I didn't know how to do it. Mm. So what I did know is that, hey, if I'm drinking a little bit and smoking a little bit, I feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's true. And... And was that was that a hard thing to kick when it came the time to actually move it on, or did you get some support around that? Um, look, I, I guess that I didn't really have difficulty to quit because when it was the right time, it was easy. Yes. Yep. Yep. When it was the right time, and I was so aware of what I'm doing, mm. then. In a matter of a few weeks, my intention changed. And instead of, oh, I want to escape, I said, no, I'm strong now and I don't need this and I will replace it with something else. Yes, yes. And, uh, and I got out of it pretty quickly. So, so what was the catalyst for that? Like what, what, what was the, the switch that got flicked with regards to you having a light bulb moment and really wanting to, to, to arrest what was going on between the ears and start to move forward with your life? Yes, yeah, so I guess there were there were two kind of switches or two kind of like um, you know uh, points in time. One was when we opened a relationship while still being in the same house, and I, I saw someone and she was going out on dates, mm. and one night she didn't come back home. Mm. And that was one of the worst nights of my life. Yeah. I was really I was trying to get myself to bed with booze and smokes yeah and basically drink until i pass out 
Um, and it was terrible. I couldn't sleep. The booze didn't work anymore. Um, and in the morning she came up, she came in the, like really smiling and everything was fine. And I actually went, okay, stop. I would not be able to live through another night like this. Mm. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And then I started asking myself the, the real question. I said, wait a second. What does it mean about me that I'm letting myself be in that position? What, what, what kind of person does that to themselves? Like, do I really show I'm showing love and kindness to myself? Mm. Am I really treating myself in a healthy way? Mm. And, and the answer was no. The answer was, well, I, I mustn't hate myself if I'm doing this to myself. Mm. Mm. And I said, okay, this has to stop now. I'm no longer, I no longer want to hate myself and do this to myself. I want to be kind and loving to myself. I need to get myself out of the house. So I came to this decision. I'm leaving the house and communicated clearly to her. Mm. And, and I said, look, this is not about, oh, you did something wrong or whatever. This is about me saying, look, this is about me focusing on me. Mm. And I have to do it for my own health because I can't do this anymore. Yes. So yes. that was the first decision that I made to actually create a change. Mm. That's the first time that I was, you know, in, in my own um, strength and taking responsibility for my life and going, I'm out. Yes. Then the second thing was um, I was lucky enough to have a friend who's a man a bit older than me that went through separation before. And he showed me a few doors, showed me a few ways, showed me a few things and kind of like said, hey, if you want, you can go through the door and have a look. So one of the doors was, for example, a, a book about separation. It was about writing a journal. Uh, one of them was Men's Circle. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to come to the Men's Circle. And that was just, yeah, something that um, really changed my life. Mm. What were the things in that circle which, um, which uh, opened your eyes? Um, so it was, it was actually two circles. So the first one was a very um, kind of like a small scale. We were three men and it was really my, um, the first time I kind of like sat down with men and had a safe space to share and talk and be vulnerable and it was okay and they had no judgment. Mm. And I ended up also doing a, a small process and found it really, really helpful. Mm. And then the second circle that I went, it was a little bit uh, larger. I think there were seven or eight men. And then I had done a process which really changed my life. And I went, wow, this is, this is amazing. I have to keep doing this and I want to do it more. What, what, what was that? How did that, how did that unfold? Um, the, well, the second one, the second process that I've done um, was really around self-love mm, mm. and around the, the fact maybe that I don't love myself yes, or I don't love myself 100%. Mm, mm. And that was just a really big realization that, oh, shit, <laughs> um, what am I doing? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Amazing. And that, that, that process and that just um, the fact that I was held by other men, not physically, but emotionally and spiritually, 
And just that energy that I never experienced before um, got me into a state of um, euphoria. It was the first time I understood what it's like to be um, high, naturally high. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I remember I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep and I was so excited after that circle because I just got it. Amazing, isn't it, mate? And once the judgments and opinions and all that are out of the road, you get back to this pure heart connection with 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 guys around you, don't you? You know, mm. we're, we're all we're all yeah. we're all going about it, um, you know, the wrong way. Um, when we're yeah. when we're connected, you know, as we all are innately through through the heart center, and that's what happens when you blo- you drop away all the blockages. Uh, then you can start to get back to the core of your being and start to, you know, transform. It's interesting, though, about not loving yourself, mate. We, we, we get into our relationships and we find others to, to find that love, you know. I've always said, or not always, but it's been a realisation for me for the last 10 years that before I say I love you, I first must understand I, you know. So to be able to understand who you are so you can actually, you know, share that with someone else, not look for the love inside someone else to, to help you, you know, to get you out of the rubbish. And we ran a men's circle here last night. There was one guy uh, in that circle that was 58 that came out and said he, he was, like, looking for this his whole life, you know, until he actually found a partner recently which was able to embrace uh, the issues that, uh, that were underlying that were caused from his mum having postnatal depression when he was a little boy and he never got that nurturing and love and so forth. He was looking for that in someone else, you know, and this person's actually been able to identify that and help him heal. But it's a real trap, mate, and, and I think we've got a bit of work to do to be able to help guys and educate them to find that self-love within themselves because the world's trying to push us against our alignment consistently, you know. It's pushing us into a state of fear and guilt and, and shame and comparison and judgment and all these terrible bloody lower levels of consciousness, you know. But you wake up and, you know, I, I think it's our job to help others wake up so they can be aware of that and then get back with their own energy again so they can find that sort of um, space of self-love you know, we've got to have this part in us which can judge us and criticise us to protect us, but if we're in that mindset all the time, it's not healthy, would you agree? Mm, absolutely, that's right. And I think also what was really interesting is the fact that it was strangers in that circle. Mm. Like, I knew one one guy who was like, you know, he was, he was a new friend. I didn't know him that well. And I think we tend to think, or I, I definitely was, was like that, that, oh, maybe my friends are the ones that will, will be there and support me. And it definitely is the case. But I think there is so much to say about going to a men's circle, even with people who are, at the beginning, strangers. Mm. And I got so much out of that. I got so much support and being held by strangers mm, mm. by just people i didn't know mm. oh it made a bit and that was also something that was amazing to me but, but you need to be congratulated for being vulnerable enough to open up and be there in the first place you know the, the big thing for a guy and i was exactly like that like you know the worry of the of what people might think about you or if someone might find out about it or whatever 
you know, when you go into these sorts of things, that, that is really the attachment which is causing the suffering at the end of the day, you know, to be able to surrender to that and just let go to it all and get into an environment like you did where you can sort of start to talk from your heart space again um, and then have the nurturing of others to be able to support that, I think, is really, really beautiful, isn't it? And when do you think it is as, as young fellows that we actually lose that? You know, we, we have that really nice connection as, as uh, you know, in, in our childhood, but as we get older, we, we sort of protect and close our hearts primarily, um, you know, and for many of us, it doesn't get opened again. But, you know, for, for you... Um, it was you, you're lucky that, that 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 divorce taught you a lesson big time you know um, but you know when is it that our hearts start to close I believe it's sort of 14 to 20 you know in that in that sort of uh, in that sort of bracket where we're sort of getting indoctrinated into the system and uh, we, we just become protective of ourselves and we start to compare and judge and criticize and all that sort of stuff and you know it's it's a terrible way to live I think Mm, uh, absolutely. So we were taught that mobility is negative, um, emotions is considered weakness. So of course, like we, I was bred out of it. I was actually bred out of my emotions, which were there all along, right? Yeah. And um, and also that that's why I didn't have the tools and technique to deal with an emotional challenge like separation. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting, mate. Like, like I've, I've probably been pretty lucky. I've only, only, but maybe had three, two or three, you know, serious relationships. Not like a lot of guys that have had plenty, you know, but, but the last serious one that I had, um, I was able to move through, you know. Okay, that's fine. It didn't work. What's it going to teach me here? I've got the tools now that I can, I can, I can be self-aware enough to, to see where I'm at. You know, it's okay to step mm. into the emotional side occasionally and you know tear up a little bit about it and, and just let that closure happen. But but I think if you're able to build a bit of awareness, resilience, um, you know, the ability to be able to self-regulate, then you can sort of manage your way through uh, adversity. But uh, a lot of us don't have that, mate. You know, we. We go into the relationship blind, and we sort of come out, you know, broken because uh, because we're just not not aware, and uh, and that obviously leads us into these poor lifestyle behaviours, <laughs> which you went through, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and that's really was the truth for me. Like after going into the men's circles and starting doing all the work, I start to tune in to things that are in me. And that I lost mm. during either, you know, during my um, um, teenage years or also, also through my relationship. Mm. And I actually lost myself. I actually separated from myself. Yes. And that's what caused the separation in my relationship. Yes, yes, absolutely, mate. That, that's exactly right. It's that detachment, isn't it? Mm. T- tell me, yeah. just getting off track a bit, have you, are you in a re- another relationship now? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. So if this happens again, and, and you know, hopefully it, it won't, but if it ever happened again, you would be more equipped to be able to deal with it this time. Do you think? I think it's interesting. I think I think first of all, it's, but I think it's the new, my new relationship is. Yeah. So it's fundamentally different because of the way I approach the relationship. Mm. 
So it's not even the same. First of all, it's the first relationship I'm having as an aware man. Mm, mm, mm. And that's a totally different way of, of looking at everything. So every single thing is different because I'm different. Yes. So I'm, I'm calling it a growth relationship now because that's what I'm looking for. So even before entering that relationship, I put in the intention, my focus is on growth. Mm. So every single relationship I'm having, if it's a, a friendship or a, or a romantic relationship, I need to grow in the relationship. If I'm not growing, I'll end. Yes, yes, yeah, well said. So that's how I, yeah, so that's how I kind of like framed it. So going into it, that's the intention. And then being in the relationship is so different because I'm dealing with everything differently now. Mm, mm, mm. You'd have so much more, more consciousness than what you previously had. Absolutely, yeah. So, so you're 48 and, um, mate, you know, like, like I'm, I'm only a couple of years older than you, but, um, yeah, I, a lot of guys. There's not many that I know that have only been married once, you know. Um, the men's circle last night, we actually went a bit around the room and uh, there was only one, one or two out of 15 or 16 that, that you know, hadn't had, had been divorced uh, or separated, you know, primarily from their, from their wife or, or long-term partner, you know. And that, it, that is itself is a bit of a health, health issue, isn't it, you know. <laughs> Um, if we're, we're just expecting that, that one, one in every two marriages or more will fail, uh, then we've really got it wrong, haven't we, you know? So um, the importance of actually the prehabilitation work is just as important as, as the rehabilitation work that you're doing, you know? How can we start to prepare guys to be more conscious when it comes to being in a relationship? How can they be more conscious about their own you know, emotional intelligence how can they be more conscious around their partner's emotional intelligence and, and what that might possibly look like? So they've got a bit of a blueprint and mm -hmm. there really needs to be an outside support mechanism, you know, um, to be able to support a young man that, that, that gets married, I believe. Now, this is a new frontier. The whole model that we have of, of being reactive and, you know, uh, the counselling and the psychology support's great, but also how good would it be if we actually had a, an approach where we started to say to guys, okay, you're entering a new relationship here, maybe you could use uh, someone to coach you and guide you through how to be successful in this relationship if you really like and love that girl, you know? Do you think that would be a, a good, a good uh, way to approach things in the future? Um, look, it's a really interesting question. I think... The first thing that I would say is, how can we reframe relationship or marriage? Mm. Because at the moment, the whole way we're doing um, marriage is is a bit um, outdated. It, 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 it's it's a bit. I, I think it's skewed, yeah. right? It's it's skewed. It's the it's the Disney version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all grew up on the Disney version where we found uh, this uh, our one and only, the only person in the world, our, our half or even better half sometimes, like we're missing something and we need a half. Mm. Like I'm not 
Yes. So <laughs> the whole conversation about it, and then it goes into relationship, and we started talking about oh the ball and chain, oh I need to ask the missus, happy wife, happy life, mm. crap, mm, 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 mm. total misguided bullshit, <laughs> and that's why when I was talking like this. It felt like I'm using someone else's kind of like lingo that didn't really um, didn't really sound to healthy you. to me, but yeah. I was using it because everybody else was using it. Yes, yeah. Actually, no. It's not a happy wife, happy life. The wife needs to be happy. The partner, the person, needs to be happy. I'm not responsible for her feelings. I'm responsible for my own feelings. Mm. And my role is not to make her happy. Yes. My my role is to understand my emotions and being able to clearly communicate them. That's it. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the entire thing, and and also how we talk about divorce. Oh, it's a marriage failure. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just um, a evolution of a relationship. Yes, with yourself right? and others. With, yeah. Yeah, we saw used to the fact that oh, t till till death do us part. No, actually, it's till life do us part. Yes, yes. yes. Because there's mo most chances are that life will do you part before death will. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So how about we talk about this? How about we say to people that go going into a relationship, great. Look, you can decide if you want to work on yourself or not. You're better off working on yourself. But mm -hmm. if you don't, just Let's reframe the whole idea of marriage and let's say, hey, if you can't do it at any point on the way, if you decide this is not for us anymore because we're not the same people that we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, yes. it's okay. And the relationship can, um, can um, have an evolution to a maybe co-parenting relationship. Mm. It doesn't need to be that huge, big um um, gap in your life, it doesn't need to be so um, um, hurtful, yeah. destructive, exactly. Yeah. It can be something that can be managed, it can be something that can lead to growth opportunities, it can be something that can be amazingly beautiful mm -hmm. for everyone. That's true, mate, you know, that, that's, that's really being proactive in its essence, isn't it? You know, so being able to sort of see the, the good that can come from the opportunity then to be able to move through that with gratitude uh, and to be able to say thank you for the experience and then be able to explore what can you do to support yourself but also to support the other individual to come out the other side of it and start to thrive with their lives again. You know, Isn't that a much better outcome than being miserable at each other and, and going to court and trying to uh, you know, uh, uh, achieve assets and so forth which um, might, may bring you temporary happiness <laughs> at the end of the day? Absolutely. And you, man you mentioned um, how we want to have a script or a roadmap for ma happy marriages or how to be in a relationship. And we don't have a script or a roadmap on how to do healthy separations. Yes, yes, that's right. Absolutely. There's not many... It's like... It's, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, there's really not many people doing what you do. I, I don't believe you're, you're really the first person that... Uh, that, that's come that I've come across that's actually doing it outside the, the clinical model there might be people you know in in uh, the psychology scene which may be specializing in separation and divorce but being in the mainstream like you are and being on the front foot and actually helping people know that there's a support mechanism there for them if they need it I, I think it's tremendous mate and you need to be congratulated for, for being courageous enough to, to stand up and, and doing 
know what you're doing. Tell me, um, so how, if anyone's listening to this and they, they may be sort of struggling or they may know of someone that's, that's going through this sort of process, what can they do to, to reach out to you? What's the best way to, to actually go about that? Uh, well, uh, they can go to the website at divorcecowboy.com.au. Mm. There, there is a free download there, which is called The Separation Survival Guide. Uh, they can find my podcast, which is Divorce Cowboy Podcast. Unreal. They can um, make contact through Facebook or LinkedIn. Yeah, great. Mate, yeah. And, and how's it going for you? Do you have another job that you do or are you pretty well flat out doing this at the moment? At the moment, I'm doing it part-time because I'm also studying counselling and equine therapy. Yes, yep. Yeah, great. So, and, and I think what I've also learned in the last few months of doing this is how many other people also are doing um, uh, mediation and collaborative law, mm-hmm. which are... Um, really healthier, kinder, uh, cheaper ways of getting divorced. So if you're thinking about getting separated or divorced, um, spend some time to look at other options that are um, healthier, kinder, and cheaper. Mm. And their aim actually is to keep the family um, healthy and to keep everyone involved in uh, a healthy situation and um, and their well-being is the priority. Mm. So again, look for mediation, look for collaborative lawyers. I've got a network on LinkedIn of people doing that. It's amazing how this process can be so simply and easily done without lawyers, without court, without hurting kids. Yes. That's true, mate. I believe that old way is really becoming redundant. You know, people people uh, are starting to maybe explore other other avenues and options with regards to this. Um, you know, so um, yeah, it's really really nice to hear that guidance and uh, and advice around that. And you know, options rather than just saying I want so much of this and I'm going to my lawyer and they're going to play a game between each other, which is going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars and. At the end of the day, everyone's miserable, aren't they? You know, so to be able to, yeah, to, to mediate, to, to negotiate, to be able to sort of come out of it so you're both physically and mentally well, I think that's really, uh, really important. And I've seen you know, lives pretty well destroyed because of it. Um, you know, um, people have gone through some real difficulty with regards to, to separating from a long-term partner and, uh, you know, all the, the financial stuff around that and... Um, yeah, it can be really, really, really uh, terrible for them. But uh, yeah, there's many ways to skin a cat by the sounds of it. So, you know, having that, uh, that option, I think is really important, mate. So people could, could reach out to you if they wanted some guidance around that. And maybe you could coach them as well. So you do a bit of one-on-one coaching too with regards to helping people uh, through the trans, uh, transition. And, uh, and how long does that usually take? Like, is it like a like a you know a three month thing or a twelve month thing or how how do you usually um, you know guide guide people through? Uh, yeah, so I've got a roadmap that I take men through, and it's uh, seven weeks. It's seven Zoom sessions, mm-hmm. uh, about one hour each session. It's got the worksheets, so a bit of a homework, a weekly homework, and um, and yeah, it's basically going over that roadmap from. Um, L to freedom. Great. Yes, yes. And being able to 
work through all the, all the stuff that you sort of mentioned that you went through and get that out of the road early so you could start to come out with this sense of freedom at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And this process is going to work very well with something like mediation or collaborative lawyer. Mm, amazing, mate. And, uh, and success rates that have been coming from that, you, you've been pretty, uh, pretty buoyed with regards to the results that people have been having? Look, I think there are, there are definitely results that people are having, and it's even the, the physical result. So I know that um, I, a guy that went through the program that said, oh, actually, like, just after one session, I'd be able, I'm able to sleep better. Mm, mm, mm. I'm, I'm a lot more I'm a lot more clear I've got clarity I know where I'm going I know where I'm at it's no longer this uh, emotional roller coaster I don't have all these thoughts in my head and I can and I can see how I'm moving forward mm, great mate and that's also really important because at the early stages of separation the rug is kind of like being pulled out of my um, under my feet yes and I was in the state of yeah, emotions taking over. I wasn't responsible for anything. I, I didn't know what to do with them. And it's really such a black hole that it's so hard to get out of. Mm. That having a roadmap and doing something, proactively doing something, the coach towards that is extremely helpful. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. And it's not just with divorce, it's with most things in life that you get stuck in, you know. And yeah, that, that's the thing. We, we do get our, in our own road, don't we? We, we, we get stuck and we, we find it hard to, to weave our way out. But what you're doing and, you know, the, the, the results you're getting but also the need is, is unfortunately there and it's, it's definitely evident. And I just think get on the front foot, you know, to anyone listening. If they're going to go through this process, say no to all the bullshit and basically get on the front foot and say, well... I can be proactive with regards to this. I can get someone to, someone to support me. That might be an initial cost, but that investment will, will, will come back tenfold with regards to what's going to come into my own well-being and also my own transformation from this. So it's always a fear of cost um, with regards to, you know, getting some support. But geez, my experience is if you invest in that, then, uh, then the results can be tremendous. So... Um, yeah, mate, yeah, that's right. And I do offer one-hour free consultation yep yep great so people can like go on your website book that and then you can have a chat to them and see whether it's right for them or not yeah that's right yeah too easy Absolutely. mate so all right mate so if, they, if anyone wants to reach out so divorcecowboy.com.au correct where did cowboy come from well um <laughs> i always loved horses <laughs> yeah. as a kid i went to you know to riding school and i was doing like english dressage and all of that then later on i was doing jumping and trail and in australia i was doing a little bit of polo yeah right and i got into natural horsemanship a few years ago and then during my separation i got into something called equine therapy yes so it's actually a, a therapy a session that happens in the paddock with horses and these kind of sessions were absolutely life-changing they were mm. trans transformative what happens um it's very individual and a lot of the time it's like magic so i can't really explain it um, but what happens is because horses have such an amazing ability 
and its biological ability to feel and to feel intentions in others, mm. they can do things that either mirror me or helping me to figure out some things. Mm-hmm. So the horse is actually the coach. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the times when I went into a paddock like this, into a session, I may- maybe sometimes I had something in me that I didn't know it was there. Maybe some fear, maybe some pain, maybe some sadness, maybe some uncertainty around some issues. Mm. And stepping into the paddock brought things to my attention. So things started to bubble up. So a lot of the times in these sessions, um, what happened was I'm just walking in the paddock and things come up for me and I'm working it out. Mm with the help of just looking at the horse, seeing what they're doing, seeing what their reaction is. I can give you a quick example. Yes, please. Um, I was uh, trying to work with this horse and he really wasn't interested. So he didn't want to bother me. <laughs> He's just not interested. I was trying to kind of like play these little games with him, like natural horsemanship games. Um, and I see it doesn't work. So I'm going to my um, guide there, to my instructor, and I'm, go- I'm telling her, look, actually, it doesn't work with this horse. And she suggests, oh, maybe we can try it with another horse. I'm like, yeah, great. I'll replace the horse. Everything was going to be fine. I'm replacing the horse. I'm going with a- another horse. Guess what? The other horse doesn't want to do anything. Mm. Same thing. So I'm there going, wait a second. Either both these horses are total idiots because they don't see how awesome I am, or... <laughs> I am the common denominator. I am what is actually consistent in these two relationships. Yes. What is it in me? What is going on? And why these horses don't want to come and and be with me? Mm, mm. And after sitting with it for a while, I went, oh, horses looking for leadership. They're looking for confidence. And the truth was that I didn't know these horses well enough and I wasn't confident enough of doing stuff with them. Mm. So if I'm not confident, how can they be confident? Mm. Mm. So I was going, okay, so this is it. First of all, it's all about me. It's not about them, right? So I'm eliminating them from the, from the picture. I'm going to, I'm inside, I'm going inwards and going, okay, that was what in, in me I actually felt a little bit unconfident. What can I do in the next session that will be better for me, that I will feel more confident. And the next session, I'll change my ways a little bit. I changed it. I, I wasn't so focused on the outcome, for example. I was a lot more lighter. I came in with a mindset of, hey, let's play. So I was a lot more playful. Mm. And guess what? I was more confident, and the horse did play with me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mate, it, it, it's, 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 it's incredible how animals can pick up on our energy you know whether it be a horse or or, or anything else uh, out there if they can find um, a sense of peace in you and a sense of safety in you they'll just warm to you you know that that what we said about the men's circle with opening the heart same thing you know Mm. it really is Um, if you've got a nice energy and you're calm and grounded within yourself then humans will, will feel safe and comfortable around you um, you know, if you're in, a, in an environment where, you, where your mind's agitated, then the animals will pick up on that and they'll, they'll move away primarily, you know, and um, 
getting that heart connection is a real real key to 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 finding our truth and our purpose and you know having having successful relationships with ourselves i think at the end of the day um you know spending too much time above the shoulders worrying and judging and comparing and blaming and shaming and <laughs> all those sorts of things are a waste of time uh you know but mm. yeah those those sorts of uh things that you're doing with 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 the horses mate you know pursue it because it's such a tremendous gift that you can bring to other guys lives i reckon as well that may not be aware of this sort of stuff and look it's interesting i was out in a bike ride the other week and there was this horse like looking across um the fence at me and um i sort of stopped and looked at it and just looked at me and we just had this nice exchange and then i just rode off again (laughs) you know but um yeah that's that sort of stuff you know if i'd have walked up and hugged it it would have been fine i was, was probably just just one of those uh, moments in time where uh, you know you just got a nice connection with another being, whether that be a human or not. But um, yeah, I was in a nice flow state, and obviously the horse was pretty calm and grounded as well. So there's all these tips and tricks and tools that we don't get taught at school, mate. And um, you know, I think we're at a really pivotal moment in time at the moment to be able to look at uh, new ways of uh, of understanding ourselves and new ways of understanding you know our, our journey in this lifetime because. Uh, we want to make the most of it. We don't want to be living, um, you know, uh, in the in the fearful states and that that you were in and being stuck in them forever. You know, we can we can transform and move on. So, I really mm. congratulate you for your, your work, mate. And you know, it's just the beginning for you. I think there's going to be so much good uh, to come f- from what you're doing to help others. But then there'll be more doing what you're doing to help others as well. And I think that's a great way to uh, to to help the world heal rather than being. A constant state of uh, misery because we've only got sort of one shot in these bodies. We want to make sure that it's a successful time, not a miserable time at the end of the day. So, just on that, yeah, mate. thanks, mate. Oh, and the same to you because you're doing a, a great thing with your podcast and your content. And I think that's that's what it's about, right? It's about blokes talking about stuff and actually providing more opportunities to to go there. So if it's a men's circle, if it's a podcast, if it's an equine therapy session in the paddock working with horses, it's all different kinds of opportunities to actually get in touch with ourselves more. True. Absolutely, mate. I've got no doubt, you know, we've all got it within us. We've all had some form of trauma which hangs around and all that, but... If you can be able to empower yourself like you didn't say no, I, I'm, I'm going to move forward here. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up on this hamster wheel forever. You know, um, um, yeah, that's why I, I do what I do to be able to help. You know, some people that uh, that may be looking for that guidance and support. And if we can all do that and not be competitive about it, and uh, you know, all the things that uh, we're 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 really uh you know uh not meant to do you know i don't believe we're meant to compete and judge and all those sorts of things but i think we're meant to be a lot more compassionate and kind you know that's a a smarter way of living i I believe so you know the more that people like yourself and i can i can do to help others and and give them the tools to be able to be successful in life then then you know their journeys are going to be better and and so is ours so really appreciate your time absolutely (laughs) no worries thank you mate cheers lovely to chat